Where did the Braves go to get bullpen help? I'll answer that question and more on today's mailbag episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Also, make sure you check out my written work over at bravestoday.com. Make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast, and they can be featured on an episode just like this one today where I'll answer your Twitter questions. Make sure if you're new on YouTube, you hit that subscribe button, hit that thumbs up button as well if you're watching this video to help support the show. And thanks so much to all the support that you give me on this podcast, all my everydayers out there, those who make Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. I know I'm behind on giving shout outs for everydayers. I apologize. I do want to give one out to Tim Wells, Braves on Leg on Twitter. I apologize for not getting to more of you, but I will do so in a future episode. I do promise you that. Today's episode, though, is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. This is a mailbag episode of a Locked On Braves. I'm going to be going through answering all of your questions about the Atlanta Braves and got a lot to get to in this one. Had a lot of really good questions so excited to do that and then i'm excited to jump off and watch some ncaa regional action uh, this weekend as well should be a lot of fun there can't wait to enjoy all the college baseball action that'll be going on this weekend if you live near uh, a host site for a regional uh, do yourself a favor go out there and watch those teams play should be a lot of fun always love college baseball and it's also a really good time now to go watch some players who are going to be coming up in the draft here pretty soon as well so a good opportunity to do that because we'll really start talking about a lot of draft stuff once the college season wraps up and you know obviously we're getting a little bit closer to the draft uh, coming up in July so really good chance and opportunity for you to get to familiarize yourself with some of those players but this is our mailbag podcast like I said so I'll be answering all of your questions and the first one that we are going to answer comes from Cavs Buckeyes. He says, Ronald Acuna Jr. is my favorite player, so I definitely focus on him even when there are far more urgent concerns on the team, but he's been somewhat mortal at the plate since his home run streak. How can he get back to consistently supplying that power? And it really goes back to what we talked about last year with Acuna's the launch angle that was – not there with the knee and the issues that he was having and not being able to to get down to those pitches. And we started to see, you know, just a lot of ground balls to the to the left side. And that's really what we've seen over the past week or so, as you mentioned, since uh, that home run barrage that he had. So it's really just finding that launch angle again. That's why I was really encouraged with the last three at-bats he had on Wednesday because you started to see that launch angle come back. One thing I will say is that I had mentioned – the, the fact, and I don't know if I did this you know, here on the podcast or if it was in a comment on YouTube, I thought it would have been a good opportunity after that Sunday night game traveling to Oakland to just give him a day off. I can't imagine you're going to let him play 162 coming off an injury-filled season, coming off an ACL 
injury. I know it's hard not to put him in the lineup, but I really would like to see him get a day off here or there just to keep him fresh. You wonder if that's you know played into some of the struggle. I don't want to say struggles, but just some of the you know lack of, of power and maybe not being able to get under those balls lately. I don't know if that has any effect at all, but I think you just got to look for spots to get Acuna off his feet for a game and keep him fresh and healthy. I think you got to do that with all of these guys, whether it's Olsen or Riley. I think you got to look for spots to do that throughout the season. I know a lot of these guys pride themselves on playing 162, and it's hard to take them out of the lineup. But, again, that may be a factor. I, I don't know. It may not be, but – I just thought that would have been a good time to get Acuna off his feet out of the lineup after a late game Sunday, you know, in a somewhat earlier game on the West Coast Monday. Obviously, offense wasn't there anyway on Monday for anybody. So I thought that was a missed opportunity. I know you got the off day on Thursday, but I thought that was a missed opportunity to get Acuna off his feet, let him rest up a little bit, and then see if he can get going again. But still, I liked what I saw in the last three at-bats in that Oakland series. Next question, Large Lar says, what is the status of the TV deal now that it seems MLB is running the Padres TV broadcast and Valley owned them also? So I had a lot of questions about this because um, Diamond quit paying. Diamond Sports, who owns Valley, quit paying the Padres, and that's why they lost the rights to the Padres. And Major League Baseball had to take over. For those of you who don't know, then Major League Baseball set up a pay for um, you know a subscription service to watch the Padres games for viewers that you can do through the MLB uh, TV app. And it's a step in the right direction with what they're doing. I won't get into necessarily all of that, but basically, you know, you can pay, I think it's $20 a month or maybe $80 for the rest of the season. And you can watch all your Padres games. There needs to be one package where you can watch everybody. That's my biggest complaint there. And maybe that's coming, but for the Braves, I, I don't think we see that happen this season. The Braves are, one of the teams that that Diamond Sports actually makes money off of. And because of that, I think the Braves would be one of the last teams that would go as part of this bankruptcy that Diamond Sports is going through. So in the near term, and I've seen a lot of people write about this, Braves Today wrote about this, uh, AJC put an article out about this as well this past week with all the questions on it. I don't think it happens anytime soon. Uh, that the Braves, you know, will lose they'll lose those TV rights to the Braves. So I don't think anything's changing with the Braves for quite a while because the Braves actually make them money. Joshua Daniels, crazy, but hear me out. Morton might be gone at the end of the season. Freed might not be kept once his contract is up. That being said, with the rumors that the Guardians might move Beaver before the deadline, should the Braves move? Um, what are the Braves going to give up? This is my this is my struggle with where the Braves farm system is right now, what are you giving up to get somebody a caliber of Shane Bieber? I just don't know that the Braves have that. Plus, Shane Bieber is only under contract for a couple of more seasons as well, and he's already you know, making really good money through arbitration. So it's not like he would give you that length either. You'd still have to well, – you would lose him in a couple of years. So I would say no. I'd probably say the Braves aren't in on Bieber, and starting pitching hasn't been the issue Corey Slavic says, well, what's your order at the Braves coffee shop from the all-star promo video? And Joey Milby also asked early all-star predictions. I've got Acuna Jr., Strider, and Murphy as locks. Two of those three, and maybe all three will start. Uh, and then I've also got Ozzy, Olsen, Riley, and Elder as possibilities. Things can change, but that's my thoughts. So 
I think you're right on that Acuna, Strider, and Murphy are locks. I think those are your three. And I think we had a similar question maybe last week and over under, and I'd set it at three and a half because I think three are a lock. And it's if they get that fourth one. And I mentioned last week, I think Ozzy, just because second base is somewhat of a shallow position, if he were to get hot again, I could see him making it. Olsen's got a really tough task at first base. Um, you know, Riley does as well at third base. If Bryce Helder keeps pitching like he has, I don't know how he doesn't get. I mean, he's leading all of baseball in ERA. If that were to continue for, you know, through the month of June, I don't know how he's not at the All-Star game. So I think there's a possibility to maybe get one more in. But, you know, Acuna, Strider, Murphy, I think those guys are complete locks at this point. And then Double A, Alex, if you were if you were Double A, if you were Alex Anthopoulos, what moves would you make? to improve the bullpen are there some trades out there for us that make sense so honestly I haven't taken a look at the market just yet but you know look at some of the teams who are out of it right now that may be selling off you know I mentioned the White Sox when we talked about this a couple of weeks ago they're playing be better baseball and they're in a pretty weak division so it wouldn't be you know crazy to see them come back and compete but looking for teams that are completely out of it, you know, like the Nationals and the Braves' own division, everybody's still in it in the NL Central. You know, maybe the the Rockies out west could be a possibility. Um, so again, it's you know, look at the we're not to that point now because of the extra playoff spots. I think you're going to see teams wait a little bit longer to sell, and plus, most teams aren't going to give anything up significance, anything of significance until the trade deadline because that's when the prices really go up. So I still think we're a good ways away from really getting into that conversation, but start to look at some of the names on the teams who are pretty much out of it at this point. Um, and then I think, you know, obviously see Oakland A's, they had some pretty good relievers uh, we saw there that maybe will be available, but look at some of those names. You want to share those in the comment section below on YouTube and I'll comment on them there, but I still think it's a little too early uh, to start looking at some of the bullpen pieces, but the Braves will do something. You think, look at the, the trade deadline Alex Anthopoulos had several years ago now where you got Chris Martin, Shane Green, and Mark Melanson. I mean, there's always relievers that are going to be there. It's about finding the right um, you know, pitcher for the right price. But I think Alex will definitely go out and make some moves. We'll talk more about the bullpen here in the second segment. I got some more questions on that as well. But right now, I want to tell you about game time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful, and it's not when you use game time, which is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They have great deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. So you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting pumped up for all the fun you're going to have. Just like I did at opening day after I used game time to buy myself some parking tickets at the last, uh, at the last minute and forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the, of the event. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Brace play the Diamondbacks on Friday night at 9.40 p.m. Eastern. So 
while you're watching all that regional uh, college baseball regional action, just tune on over to the Braves late night. It's two of the best teams in the NL. Actually, the Diamondbacks now have the best record in the National League. You can catch every pitch of the Braves hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Braves. All right, appreciate all the support that you give me this week on the podcast. Uh, numbers have been just tremendous. The comments on YouTube have been great. Really enjoyed the discussions there. Thank you so much. If you did miss some of those shows, go back and give them a listen. Next week, we'll do it all over again with our Miners Monday, our Taco Tuesday segment, talking about the biggest stories in Braves country, Stat of the Day Wednesday, Through the League Thursday, and Mailbag Friday, like we're doing today. So thanks for all the support. Jump back into the questions here. This one from Brando. What would it take for Smith Shaver to get a chance in the rotation? Good question here. And I think what it would take is obviously he has to show that he can handle, you know, the major league role, just like Spencer Strider did last year. I'm as much as I love AJ Smith Shaver and I'm I'm big on him and he's my, you know, he was my top prospect in the Brave system coming into the year. He is 20 years old, and you wonder about the mental side of things with the bright lights and that. Uh, added deck in the stadium how is he going to handle that adjustment you got to see that first and you got to see that he can handle it that he you know believes and knows that his stuff is good enough to get hitters out at this level once he proves that you know with maybe three to five outings or so and he can prove that and do it you know over longer stints maybe two three inning stints then at that point it would take somebody in the rotation you know falling back because you know at that point max freed might be nearing a return as well. I think it would take Jared Schuster as you know, as good as he has been since coming back, and he's been solid and he's been a solid fifth starter. I could see him regressing quite a bit, especially if the walks continue to be a problem as they have been in his last two starts, and that kind of comes back. So it would take Smith Shaver, first of all, proving that mentally, because I know physically and I know with the stuff, he has what it takes to get hitters out. He has to prove mentally that he can get it done. And obviously needs to have the results. And then it's probably going to take, you know, either Soroka or Schuster kind of backsliding a little bit, opening up a spot in that rotation. Lovable Sports says, I was understandably distracted following the 2021 season, but why did the Braves sign Eddie over Jock? Not that he's the answer, but was it just because of the NLCS or does Jock not play left field? A lot went into this. I was actually, you know, on the side of signing Eddie Rosario over Jock Peterson. I just felt like Eddie could do a little bit more for you. I know he's not great defensively, but I do think he's probably better than Jock Peterson. And at that point, Eddie had a, a one of the better arms in baseball as well. That has declined. And you just felt like Eddie was a, a more well-rounded hitter at that point. Could hit both sides okay. Obviously better against righties. So I was okay with that decision would have loved to have jock back as well uh would love to have both of them back and jorge soler but that's not the way things work but i think that's more so why is that i think eddie was just a more well-rounded hitter and i think he was you know a better fit defensively because you had ozuna as well you knew was going to take up your dh spot so i think that probably played more into why they went with eddie you know over jock in that situation Coach Gordon Bombay says, if the bullpen is healthy and if A.J. Smith-Shaver does well, what do the Braves do with their active roster when Lee and Tonkin return? Any chance we get rid of McHugh or Jimenez? McHugh can't throw strikes anymore and has a 1.92 whip. McHugh, I talked about this when I detailed the bullpen not too long ago. McHugh worries me the most out of the relievers who were supposed to be you know, high-leverage guys for the Braves. McHugh's the one that worries me the most. 
Don't know if the Braves would just outright uh, cut him, but I think he's probably the worst uh, right now of the group, which is unfortunate because he's supposed to be a big part of the back end of that bullpen. I think Tonkin, yeah, I think he could go. I think, you know, he's done some good things for the Braves and he's looked good at times, but I think he would probably be on the chopping block. So I think McHugh would be one of those when he comes back. Um, you know, they could obviously play around with that and maybe keep him on the eye a little bit longer, but I think he's the one that could go. And then I do think McHugh is probably the worst. You can't, you know, you can't get rid of Nick Anderson. You can't get rid of Jesse Chavez. Can't get rid of Rysel Iglesias. Can't get rid of AJ Minter, although he does have options. If he were to struggle by the time those guys are ready to come back, you could option him to open up a spot, but you need AJ Minter to be good. You need him from that left side. Uh, again, we're talking about AJ Smith Shaver. If he is, good then you know that's where we're getting to this point and then i think kirby yates has the potential i think joe jimenez you know has the potential and i don't think they're ready to just give up on those guys so you know when dylan lee comes back you know depending on the situation and how it goes you know aj smith shaver could be the one to get option at that point and then i think colin McHugh could be on the chopping block and i think they may just you know dfa tonkin at that point um matt says uh June is an easier schedule, but the next six games won't be easy. We'll be facing Merrill Kelly, Gallon, Scherzer, and Verlander in four of those games. This offense really needs to wake up, or we could easy, easily lose four of six. What is your confidence level going into these two series? So confidence level right now is not great. I mean, you just lost a series to the worst team in baseball. I think they were showing signs of the offense coming out of that as the series went on, and we know this offense is capable of waking up at any moment and putting up a big number. So, you know, I'll go out and say I, I'm not very confident in this team at the at this moment. Do I still think they're a very good team that will could win the division, get into the postseason, win the World Series? Yes. I want to be very clear about that because some of you think just because I get upset about a game or speak passionately about them, you know, playing bad in a particular game, thinks that I think all hope is gone. That is not the case. I want to be very clear. I think this is a very good team that could certainly win a World Series if everything's clicking. But at this current moment, and I do a podcast every day, so I talk about what's going on in this current moment in time, I don't have a lot of confidence in this team at this moment. They just haven't consistently played good baseball. Diamondbacks are one of the hottest teams in baseball right now, and you know I've won six in a row, and they have the best record in the National League. So you're getting them at a you know, very hot time. The Mets have won three in a row. They just swept the Phillies and Verlander and Scherzer, starting to pitch like Verlander and Scherzer. So you're right. This is going to be a very – uh, difficult, you know, next two series for the Braves. But the Braves are a good team, and they just got to start playing like it. But if you're just asking my confidence level going into these two series, I'm not very confident at the moment. But that could all change uh, very quickly. We know how good this team can be. But hopefully this wakes them up, you know, playing some good competition, some good teams, as they, you know, did a lot in May. But they got to wake up at some point. It's June. It's getting warmer. Hopefully that's going to help out the bats a little bit. But the question was, what's my confidence level? It's not very high, to be completely honest. It's not very high going into these two series. So hopefully that changes. You know, even with with where they're playing right now, if you go three and three in this stretch, I think that's you know solid, especially if two of those come against the Mets. But again, they're capable of winning both of these series. I think you know playing their best. I think they're better than both of these teams. But just right now haven't been playing their best baseball consistently enough. Acuna's neck tat says, what do you like for the challenge system? I haven't read much about what they're considering, but I think something like 
Um, the batter having three seconds, no signaling from the dugout, one per inning for each side. Um, so this was, I don't even think this was a response to the mailbag question, but this was something that uh, was asked to me on Twitter because there was a terrible call in the Angels-Astros game on Thursday night that really just completely flipped that game. I mean, it wasn't even a close pitch. I, I think the challenge system for balls and strikes is coming, and I think it could come as soon as next year if it gets you know any player approval to implement that. But I just think it makes sense. You, you got these calls in pivotal spots in a game that can really change the outcome and momentum of a game. And I'm talking about bad calls, pitches that are just you know way off the plate. I, I think the way they're doing it right now is you get three challenges a game. And I think if you, you know, get one right, maybe you retain that challenge. I'm not completely sure on that. I need to read up on it a little bit more. But I think that's what it is. It's three calls a game, and the batter has to signal it right away. I think they just tap on their helmet or something, and then it's pretty instantaneous. They can tell you ball or strike, and everything goes on. Everything that I've heard about it from those who have watched it at the minor league level say that it's pretty seamless. I, I just think it has to come. It's It's got to be you know, just to lay out the situation on Thursday. It's bases loaded, a 3-2 count. Mike Trout is on deck, one out, and it's a pitch that's w- way below the zone, and it's called a strike. So instead of a run coming in to make it a 4-3 game, and instead of having Mike Trout up with the bases loaded and one out, you had a 4-2 game and Mike Trout up with the bases loaded and two outs. So, again, completely tra- changed the dynamic of that game. Not to mention Shohei Otani would have been behind Mike Trout because Mike Trout did end up popping up, and then you could have Shohei Otani up with the bases loaded and two outs. So it just completely changed that game. So that's why I'm all in favor of this challenge system coming. I don't know if I can want an automated strike zone all the time. Uh, it takes away a little bit of what the, the catchers do and the, the framing, and they can be so good at that. But I, I do think that there needs to be a challenge system for some of these calls that are just terrible. And we've seen it a lot with the Braves this year. You know, the, the, the ball's in the shadow zone, you know, just off the plate, just outside of that, that box that you're seeing on TV, which is not always accurate. You know, those I can live with, but it's the ones that are four, five, six inches we've seen this year off the plate. Those you got to have some sort of challenge system for that again, especially in such big spots. Double Tap says Braves have had the lead since day one. How many teams have ever have started the season at number one and held that spot until the World Series? Just curious if you know. I do not know. If you know that, feel free to let me know in the comment section. I'm sure there are plenty of teams. I know there are plenty of teams who have, you know, been first in their division. Uh, from the start and all the way through, but going doing that and then all the way through the World Series, that I'm not sure on. Uh, maybe I'll try to get go back and uh, look at that while I'm watching some regional games this weekend. But a good question, and if you know, let me know down in the comment section because I would love to know that. And then Joey Milby, last one here, says, once Max resumes baseball activities, is it uh, reasonable to think he is a month away? Once you hear that he's throwing a bullpen, he's throwing off a mound, then you're probably three to four weeks from him returning because then you're talking about him going out on a rehab assignment and then he's got to build that strength back up so then you're probably you know at the first week of spring training and then it's just getting him built up to go five six innings probably will need to make at least two or three rehab assignments so once you hear that he's throwing off a mound and then he's throwing a bullpen then he's throwing live bp you know then you know he's probably you know three weeks uh probably at least uh from coming back 
All right, those are all the questions. Thanks so much again for all of the questions that you sent in to me. You really do appreciate it. Makes for a very fun episode every Friday. On a Friday night, it'll be Charlie Morton versus Merrill Kelly. Charlie Morton, he's been giving the Braves length. He's getting swings and misses. He's getting strikeouts, but he's given up a lot of base runners, and I didn't even realize how bad it was in the month of May until I was going over the league leaders for the month of May and looking at some of those who were the worst in May. And Charlie Morton wasn't the worst, but a 1.55 whip in May, not very good. 32 hits in 28 and a third innings and 12 walks. His last two outings, he gave up 14 hits and six walks and 10 and a third innings. So, again, love to see the swing and miss coming back, all the strikeouts, and he's giving them length working into the sixth inning and a lot of his recent appearances. I think he went at least five innings in all of his starts in May. But has been getting up a lot of hits, has been walking a lot, a lot of batters. Need to see that improve here as we go into June. And then Merrill Kelly, it's a tough weekend. You're facing Kelly who is, was one of the best pitchers in May. He had a 2.59 ERA at 0.83 whip. He has not been giving up uh, a lot of base hits and walking a lot. 31 and a third innings, 39 strikeouts, and seven walks in the month of May for Merrill Kelly. He's gone at least five innings in his last 10 starts. Fastball 25% of the time, changeup 25% of the time as well. Cutter at 18%, a curveball at 14%, a sinker at 11%. So you're talking about four pitches that he will throw at any time. And then he also has a slider as well. Changeup is the key pitch for him. 35.2% whiff rate and batters are hitting just 129 against that pitch this year. And there's not a lot of differences. Fastball averages 92.4 miles per hour. And the changeup is 88.9 miles per hour. So there's not much difference velocity-wise between his fastball and changeup. But the changeup has some of the best vertical drop in the league. So you're seeing them, that fastball and that changeup, coming out of the same tunnel at pretty similar velocities. And then at the last second, that changeup is just dropping off a table, which makes that sequencing so difficult for hitters and while he's having so much success. So that's something to keep an eye on as you watch Merrill Kelly work on Friday night against this Braves offense who has been struggling a bit lately, but hopefully we'll get things going again. The Braves play the Diamondbacks on Friday night at 9 40 PM Eastern It's Charlie Morton versus Merrill Kelly catch every pitch of the Braves hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app search Braves. And I've gone back and I'm looking for my everydayers in the comments section. So hopefully my everydayers are following until the end of the episode. Uh, I got T Cooley, uh, says he's an every dare. Looking forward to the month of June. Um, we also have uh, Jackson 2009 says he's an every dare as well. Appreciate that. Doc's cards always appreciate Doc being an every dare as well and letting me know. Uh, so those were some from one of the videos earlier in the week. And then uh, Big Red 22. I haven't seen this one before. Said that uh, they're also an every dare listening to the podcast here and me and Grant on the postcast. So I appreciate that um looking for a couple more here apologize as i'm scrolling uh through these in real time but i want to make sure that i got these out before the end of the week um again always thank you to my uh to my everydayers out there who are letting me know jimmy davis says i enjoy your podcast every day uh, so i appreciate that from you jimmy uh, Thomas Cooper says, I look forward to your coverage every day. And this is really my bra favorite Braves coverage to listen to right now. So I appreciate that, Thomas. Thank you so much. Um, make your life easier. I appreciate it. Um, always in there on the comment section on YouTube. So I appreciate that. 
Uh, George Guerrero says, Hey Jake, George here. I'm a big fan and trying to catch every single podcast. You do great job, great content and great podcast. So thank you so much, George. That means a lot to me to hear that. Uh, so thank you for saying that. Um, all right. I think that was all of my everydayers from this past week. Oh, we got Gene Wild uh, as well on there as another everydayer. And uh, Sir Burris, the pumpkin hound, is an almost everydayer and uh, says might have to double up on some videos to become an everydayer. And that's fine. That's what it takes. And that's what you got to do. Jason Talini as well, everydayer. This podcast and postcast with Grant are always a great listen. So, Thank you so much for letting me know that you're an everydayer, and thanks for the kind words as well. It does mean a lot to me. This is a lot to do an everyday podcast, but you make it worthwhile when you tune in and listen. You hit that like button, and you let me know. That does mean a lot to me, and it makes this so much more fun to do on a daily basis. So thank you so much again to all my everydayers out there. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Locked On Braves. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves. You can follow me at Shortstop Ball. Also, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Locked On Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 